hope is something that gives us plans for the future. It helps us come out of a painful place into the promise of God. It is that waiting period for God to fulfill what He has promised to us. In one of the most tragic days of biblical history, the burning of the first temple, which not coincidentally, the second temple hundreds of years later also burnt on this same day. The ninth day of the month of Av on the biblical calendar known as Tishabov, Jeremiah the prophet wrote his incredible book of lamentations, reading and praying and crying and weeping for the destructions of Jerusalem. And here in Lamentations, Jeremiah presents hope, hope that God will restore, hope based on promises that God gave to the Southern Kingdom. In the midst of all their desolation, God provided his word of restoration and hope for the future. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and today I want to share with you God's prophetic promise to you concerning your restoration, your reoccupation, which refers to taking back the territory that the enemy has stolen out of your life, and divine compensation, which means God has promised in his word double for your shame. Today, we are going to study the 21 days of messianic miracles and see these prophetic promises that are ours through Jesus Christ, our Messiah. But before we do that, I want to take this moment to invite you, beloved saints, to our website. And you can visit our website at mydayofdestiny.com. That's mydayofdestiny.com, where you can download all of our podcasts, get our newsletter, get the word from the Lord that God has for you at this hour, and also order one of my latest books, which is Secrets of the Anointing. And I really encourage those of you who want to go forward, it is really like a manual for the miraculous. You won't want to miss out on Secrets of the Anointing. And now, beloved saints, I want us to get ready for the promises that God has for you. Are you in a place where you feel like your destiny has just gone through the darkest days, dilemmas, trials, and tests as never before? Will today, beloved saints, look up. There is hope in your end. God has prophetic promises for you that he has given to ancient Jerusalem, that he has also given to the church, the new Jerusalem. And today we are going to receive those promises and take them into our life because of the work of Calvary's cross through Jesus Christ. So let's get started now. Tishabov on the biblical calendar known as the ninth day of the month of Av 
is a day that God allowed to be placed in the calendar to show us that no matter how far we fall, no matter what our situation looks like, there is always hope. There is always God's precious hand of healing and deliverance and restoration. And yes, even divine compensation, double for your shame, for all that you've ever been through when you go through a tragedy or when you go through a situation that you don't understand in your life. The book of Lamentations written by the prophet Jeremiah actually a prophetic book in the sense that Jeremiah wote this book before Zion's burning and he began it with the words how this word how really is the original title of the book because in Hebrew the name lamentations is not the title of this Mikila or this scroll of lamentations in Hebrew the name lamentations is the Hebrew word aka and what does aka mean aka means how and you see he starts out with the word how and we see how used again in chapter 2 and all throughout the five chapters in migila eka or the book of lamentations we see this word how being used how is an expression it is an expression of deep loss how could this have happened how is a deep expression that expresses someone's absolute feeling of desperation and the inability to fix the situation how how there is no strength how can i do this how can i get my dream back how can i get my family back how god did this happen to me well i want you to know that the prophet Jeremiah in the midst of his declaration of aka how he also writes to the citizens of Jerusalem and to all of posterity that he recalls to mind hope and he says in lamentations chapter 3 verse 24 the lord is my portion of my soul and i will hope in him it is good for a man to hope and quietly wait for the yeshua for the salvation of the lord and again in verse 29 he puts in my mouth though he puts in my mouth dust if there be hope you see dear child of god hope is the very essence of this tragedy called tishabov now beloved saints hope is expressed in so many different ways throughout the bible but one of the ways that i want you to know hope is really expressed dear child of god is through God sending spiritual signs into our lives to know and for us to believe and to stand on his word that what we see is not what we get. I want you to understand that God is about to change your situation. And 
I'm going to share with you a little testimony of something that happened in my own life that I pray will be a testimony in your life. You see, beloved saints, many years ago, I went through a very tragic experience and it was so tragic. I thought it was going to take me out. And then one day, it was February of 2005, I was driving down Pacific Coast Highway in Orange County, California. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, came a stream of butterflies. These butterflies were so long, the stream was so thick that I knew it was supernatural. I knew God was sending me a sign that it was going to be okay and that God was going to turn my impossible situation around and bring divine restoration in this impossible situation, which he actually did that year. And you know, ever since then, the butterfly has always been a sign that we have used during these 21 days of messianic miracles. Let me explain it to you. You see, these 21 days are known formerly as the three weeks. The three weeks on biblical calendar, on the biblical calendar, begin with what is called the 17th day of the month of Tammuz and end on the day Acha, the day Jeremiah wrote this lamentations, the day that Zion burned, the day that seemed like there was no hope, the day everything was ashes. It ended on Tishabov. Now, beloved saints, there are many, many spiritual similitudes of Tisha B'Av and its meaning in our life. But one thing we need to understand is that the prophet Isaiah and the prophet Jeremiah, the prophet Ezekiel, and also even the prophet Daniel were prophets to the southern kingdom. They were prophets to Zion. And you and I need to understand, even though Ezekiel was in Babylon, he was a prophet to Zion. We need to understand that though some of the prophets prophesied desolation, overall, God promised divine consolation, restoration, and reoccupation of the taken territory. And God promised that during the Messianic era, that the days that were known as days of mourning, beginning in the 17th day of the month of Tammuz, which in the year of 2021 will begin on June 26th, and ending with the fast of the fifth month, which is Tisha B'Av, which on our calendar this year in July 14, 2021. God promised through the prophet Zechariah that these days of mourning would become days of miracles. And so you see, God changed the status. He said that during the time of the Messiah, that these days would be miraculously changed, transformed, and there would be no more tears, that the days of weeping would become days of supernatural reaping, harvest, that the days where the walls were broken down, 
that would no longer mean break down. They would mean break out, that God is going to break you out on the right. He's going to break you out on the left, that God has promised spiritual Zion along with ancient Zion, these wonderful promises. And so today we are going to look at these promises. First, let's begin with Zechariah. And we're going to look at Zechariah chapter 8. And now I want you to know something about the prophets, uh, prophet Zechariah. It is so important when we read a prophet that we don't just read the prophecy of the prophet. Those of you who want to know the personal, powerful, prophetic, and relevant meaning of the prophets and what they stood for, we need to understand that the first thing we need to obtain when studying the prophecies of the prophets is to examine what is the prophetic agenda that is the overall content that the prophet had in mind when he wrote his particular text. And we need to see that the prophet Zechariah, overall, the general assessment is return to Zion. That is called Shabbat Zion, return to Zion. What does this mean? Well, to us in the Western world in 2021, does it really have any prophetic significance? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. Why? Because number one, we need to see that the promises that God gave to ancient Zion, he also gave to spiritual Zion, which is the church. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 21, verse 2, and also in Revelation chapter 21, verses 9 through 11, that I, John, saw the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven as a bride adored for her husband. We also see that the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 21, looking at the end of verse 10, the Bible says, come and let me show you the Lamb's bride, the new and heavenly Jerusalem. And we see this accentuated again in verse 11. We also see that Paul refers to the church as Zion. And we see that in Galatians chapter 4, verse 26, Paul begins to share with us that we are children of Zion. We're children of Jerusalem, not children of Hagar, which is the allegory of Hagar is Sinai. We need to understand that we are children of the promise, not children of the law. We are children based on grace, not on works and works of our righteousness. Therefore, Paul says, but Jerusalem, which is above, is mother of us all, meaning all the inhabitants of Jerusalem are her children. This is why throughout the scriptures, the prophets often made an allegory between Zion and her children, knowing that the inhabitants of Zion were called the children or the daughter of Zion or her children. So this is why we as the church also become the recipients of the blessings and the promises that God gave to ancient Zion. He's also given to us through Christ Jesus, our Messiah. Now, what are some of those promises and what does it have to do with the prophet Zechariah? First of all, Zechariah being what we call a prophet to Zion, but a prophet during the period of what was called Shabbat Zion. 
Shabbat Zion was one of the most miraculous periods in Israel's history, but also one of the most difficult periods. The prophet Zechariah had the assignment and was sent from God to prophesy to the resettlers that were going back to the land of Israel in fulfillment to the words spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah prophesied in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. After 70 years of desolations in Babylon be accomplished, I will come and visit you and perform my good word toward you, causing you to return to this place. And we see throughout the book of Jeremiah, though Jeremiah did prophesy many, many desolations, Jeremiah also pronounced and prophesied tremendous consolation, beginning with that God was going to end the captivity and bring them back and do good unto them as he did at the first. So this is a period beloved saints, that we need to understand the meaning of good because that word good is a word that we see used seven times in Jeremiah's prophecies in chapters 32 and 33. He said, I will do good unto them as I did at the first and I will bring you back into the land. Notice what Jeremiah is prophesying, hallelujah, to the people of God. He is saying here in Jeremiah chapter 31, beginning with one of the most famous prophecies in all of the time of the exile uh, to Babylon. He says, uh, a voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in bitter lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. Thus saith the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears for your actions or your work shall be rewarded. And the Lord, hallelujah, saith the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy. And there is hope in your end. Notice hope again is being accentuated. There is hope in your end, saith the Lord, that your children will come again to their own border. What does it mean when the prophet Jeremiah said, your children will come again to their own border? It didn't just mean Rachel's children in the literal sense of the word, because late Rachel's children who were Joseph and Benjamin, were already gone. So what did it mean when God promised Rachel that her children would return to their own border? We need to understand that this is a promise concerning the citizens and inhabitants of Zion. Because why? In the burning in the Tishabov of that day, in the burning of Zion, Zion was emptied out of all inhabitants. And all of the persons who lived in Zion were taken captive and brought to Babylon in chains. So that we need to understand that the return back to Zion is going to be monumentally miraculous. In the return, there's not going to be a Moses that's going to lead the children of Israel back out of Egypt. The same 
same way that Moses lifted his staff and parted the Red Sea. And Moses is known by his staff and a long line of thousands and thousands and thousands of the redeemed coming out of the land of Mitzrayim, coming out of Egypt, going back into the the land or going into the land of Canaan again. Uh, This is not going to happen during the time of the return of the exile. No, miraculously, God himself with no special individual is going to bring the people out of the Babylonian captivity. He is going to break the bars of iron and cut in sunder the gates of brass and break the bars of iron. And right now, God is doing that for you. Some of you listening to this podcast today will say, you know what, Dr. Corral, I feel like the prophetic word that God gave me five years ago began to happen in my life. And then all of a sudden, it seems like the enemy came and he took my prophetic word captive. He brought it to a place of exile. Well, I want you to know that the God that we serve is able to take your word out of exile. He's able to take the promise out of exile. He's able to make that which you have been waiting on God for, to break the bars of iron, to break the gates of brass against your destiny that have held your destiny hostage. God is about to release it in these 21 days of messianic miracles, because in a moment we are going to read the prophecy given by the prophet. Zechariah to Zion. Because why? The prophet Zechariah was a prophet of Shabbat Zion. He was a prophet of the time of returning back to Zion, giving the settlers the hope and the help that they needed to take back the territory. Because why? The initial conquering of Canaan under Joshua is one thing, but to take back the territory is a much harder task. It's way harder, beloved saints, to take back a promise once the enemy has gotten his hands on a promise or taken a territory out of our life. He doesn't want to let it go. But you see, during this season, he has to let it go. He has to let go what belongs to you through Christ. He has to let the promises go. You are going to get your destiny back, your hope back, your promises back, your territory back because you serve a faithful God. And so we see that God made this promise to Rachel saying, there's hope in your end and your children will return to their own border. Meaning, that all of the thousands of captives that are in the land of Babylon are going to break. And God was going to do this miraculously. And he did. He did it so miraculous that the prophet Isaiah, who was called to be a prophet of Zion, who is prophesying that which is from the end before the beginning, who among you has ever heard that God would prophesy the end before the beginning of a thing? But you see, the prophet Isaiah has already said that he was called to declare the things of the end before the beginning. And why is he doing this? He is prophesying before Zion was ever burnt with fire. He already prophesied the end. The end is it's going to be rebuilt. The end is God's promise of restoration in the midst of desolation. The end is they were going to take back the territory and reoccupy the land that God promised them. The end is that they're going to have double for their shame. The end is that they were going to break out on the right and break out on the the left. The end is that you will forget the shame of your youth. 
speaking to Zion, who was humiliated with great shame among the nations as she was emptied out, as she sat solitary like a widow, and as she sat there, and as the daughters and sons of Zion were taken in chains to Babylon, conquered by the Babylonians with that God would break the Babylonian bondage, that God would break the Babylonian exile and fulfill his word and bring them back exactly as Jeremiah said, after 70 years of desolations be accomplished in Jerusalem, in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you. You see, I want you to know that every word that God ever speaks to you is a good word. This is why even when Hezekiah was spoken to by the prophet Isaiah in the beginning of Isaiah's career, Isaiah, Isaiah said to him, your sons are going to be taken into Babylon and all of the, all of the riches in this place are going to be taken to Babylon. How did Hezekiah respond to that? He said, good is the word of the Lord. Why? Because God can never, ever allow something that's not good happen to his children. That's why in the biblical language of Hebrew, there are actually two types of good. There is the kind of good that you can see immediately now. And then there is the kind of good that happens way off in the future from a situation that looks impossible. And you don't know how it's going to turn out. It looks like it's just going to be ruined. But you see, God has always provided the remedy before the ruin. And God is telling you right now, it's not the way it looks. It's actually tove. Tove means that there's two types of tove, two types of good. There's the immediate good that you can see from every situation. And then there is that long-term good that all things work together for good. Romans 8, 28. For those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. God wants you that don't know that even though your situation does not look tove right now, it looks like a desperate situation. It's tove. And I want you to know that tove, dear people of God, is something that God always brings out of desperation. It's always something God brings out of the trials of our life because the Bible says all things work together for tove to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. So we see that this word tove continues in the context throughout Jeremiah. And Jeremiah begins a series of promises based in Jeremiah 32. He says, for the good of them and for their children after them. And then again, he says, I will make an everlasting covenant with them and I will not turn away to do good unto them. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 40. And in verse 41, again, he is using the word good. And he says, I will rejoice over them to do them good. That means that God is about to do you good. You see, some of us have been brainwashed so much by the bondage and we've been so conditioned to captivity and we have been in such a place that we've trained ourselves, beloved, not to hope. We've trained ourselves not to get our hopes up. We've trained ourselves to actually believe more in, uh, in something we're afraid 
afraid to hope. We're, we're afraid to trust. We're afraid to think that something good is actually going to happen. But I want you to know that God is a God who perpetually, one time after another, in the book of Jeremiah, gives Zion a destiny that they absolutely do not deserve. And that's the God that we serve. The Bible says in verse 42, I will bring upon them the good that I have promised them. And then again, continuing in the context, the Bible says in Jeremiah 33, all the nations which shall hear the good that I will do to them. And the Bible says, for all the goodness and prosperity that I will procure unto it. That's the sixth time God has promised good to Jerusalem. And even a seventh time, the Bible says, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will perform the good thing that I have promised to the house of Judah. You see, beloved saints, it's not just that God has promised it. He will also perform it. I want you to understand the time has come in your life for the performance of prophecies. This is why the Bible says in Zechariah, the fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth, the fast of the tenth and the fast of the seventh shall be to the house of Judah, joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. Therefore, love the peace and, and truth. What does it mean that these four fasts shall become to the house of Judah joy and gladness? These four fasts represent the days of mourning, the days of trial, the days of of distress that are culminated in Tishabab. But I want you to understand that God says he's changed the spiritual status of these days. You see these 21 days that we enter into, God has raised the level of these days to no longer being days of distress. God has changed the level of these days to being days of destiny. God has changed the level of these days to days of being periods of promise, times and days of great days of destiny, days of promise, days of inhabiting all that God has promised to us. That's what it means when it says, shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness and cheerful feast. God has literally changed the status of these days and raised them to the level of feasts, times of destiny, times of divine providence, when God miraculously maneuvers the events in our lives so that they become dates with destiny. Just as God said to Sarah in Genesis chapter 21, and the Lord performed the word that he promised Sarah at the appointed time. You see, at, and he performed the word that he had spoken to her. God is about in this appointed time to perform his good word toward you. Now, beloved, I want us to look at just one of the many multiple promises that God gave to Zion during this period. Let's go immediately to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54 is smack in the middle of nonstop consecutive promises that God begins in Isaiah 40, continuing in the context all the way to Isaiah 66 with very little breaks concerning the promises of Zion. 
And why is he prophesying first restoration? Why is he first prophesying rehabilitation? Why is he first prophesying divine consolation and reoccupation of the taken territory? Why? Why doesn't he first tell us about the burning of Zion? Why is he telling us first about all these miraculous events that are going to take place concerning the restoration of Zion? And this, beloved saints, is placed this way on purpose so that we might know God and that we might see as Isaiah describes him in Isaiah 46 verse 10 that he tells us the end before the beginning. You see, at the end of Isaiah, he tells us about the burning of Zion. But at the beginning of these promises, he starts telling us about restoration. So what does that mean to us today in 2021? That means God's already got your back before the attack. That means God's already designed your deliverance before your dilemma. God wants you to know he's already positioned in place every promise for you before the enemy would ever set the trap, try to take you out of here. God's already got the the destiny of your deliverance already in place through his word. This is why Isaiah begins these prophecies in Isaiah chapter 40, continuing one prophecy after another another concerning the rebuilding of the ruins of Zion. And he ends the prophecy with the burning of Zion. Instead, it should begin with the burning of Zion. Later should follow the promises concerning the rebuilding of Zion. But the genre of Isaiah is not like this. And it's done this way on purpose, that even the structure of the text is supernatural. You and I need to know he's already promised the end before the beginning. He's already taken care of your dilemma before it happens. And so we see in one of these mega miraculous moments with destiny, we see found here in Isaiah 54, seeing O barren that did not bear. What does that mean? That means if you've been spiritually barren and you cannot give birth to the vision, the time has come. The Bible says, seeing O barren that did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. This word break forth is the word parats, which means to break open. God is about to parats your destiny. God is about to break you out on the right hand and on the left. Notice what the Bible says. For more are the children of the desolate, meaning this word in Hebrew, meaning wasted, meaning a desolate wilderness. More are the children who have gone through a time of being wasted by the destroyer than her that hath a husband. What does this mean? This means that God is going to do the miraculous. There is going to be more vision, more fruit, more children, more promises, more performance of promises for the one that went through devastation than the one that never, ever encountered any type of trouble like this before. And here we see, continuing in the context, enlarge the place of your tent. This is going to be a time of extension into the next dimension of ministry. The Bible says, enlarge the place of your tent stretch forth the borders and the the stakes, the curtains of your habitation. 
Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, meaning that God's about to expand you. It's not a time of breakdown, just as in the 17th of Tammuz, first the Babylonians broke down the walls of Jerusalem and hundreds of years later on the 17th of Tammuz, we see the same thing happening that the Romans break into the walls and break it down so that the enemy can enter. But God is not saying break down anymore. When God gave these promises to the prophet Isaiah, he's saying not break down, break out. God says you will break out on the right. You will break out on the left. These are precious promises that God has given his children in this season. Hallelujah. And we need to see beloved saints that these are days of destiny. And so I invite you to stay with us during this week because we are going to be sharing with you the prophetic promises that God has in store for you during these 21 days of messianic miracles. Now, beloved, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are restoring what the enemy has taken, that you are bringing your children back to the place of promise, and that, Lord, you are not a man that you can lie or the son of man that you can repent. I give you praise and glory that, Lord, for each and every one of your precious children, you are doing the miraculous. And Lord, today, we give you praise and thanks that if there's someone listening that never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, that you would do that right now. Just ask him to come into your heart to be the Lord of your life. He will forgive your sin and cleanse you from all sin and make you a new creature. And for those of you that want to support this ministry and want to sow a 121 seed into these days of messianic miracles, our announcer is going to tell you how you can be part of the Hesed program. Hesed meaning loving kindness to help this ministry continue to daily distribute food, clothing, shelter to children all over the world, help our orphanages, to help our homes for the abandoned elderly all over the world. You can just do this by going to our website at breathofthespirit.org. That's breathofthespirit.org or mydayofdestiny.com. Or you can also uh, text to give through HESED. That is HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, and text it to 77977. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Corral, and we'll see you very soon.